Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, have you had your 11s as yet this morning? If you had, did you have something sugary? Did you crave something sugary? Did you have a donut or maybe some biscuits with your coffee? If you did, you're not alone. And for some, sugar can be as addictive as any class A drug. But how do you battle the craving and why is it so addictive? Nutritionist Olivia Beck joins us now. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel Megan put this on the show just for me. I'm a desperate sugar addict. <laughs> I really, uh, you know, I'm, I've am i battled it in the past and I've gone cold turkey and I find the difference in how I feel when I'm avoiding sugar is phenomenal. I, I feel so much better, but I always get, I get trapped back in, you know, somebody's birthday and you don't want to be rude. Of course, you're going to have a slice of cake. <laughs> it's really hard to avoid it all the time. And I think that's a really important point. We can't avoid it all the time, you know, and there's, there's always place for all of these types of food, even the foods that are highly addictive. It's just about practicing mindfulness and saying, I'm going to have that piece of cake and then I'm not going to, you know, let that become a perpetual cycle. So that was a trigger for you, obviously, and that all or nothing approach isn't helpful because it also sends, you know, negative feedback to, oh, Jillian, you know, look, you couldn't do it. You're addicted. Look at you now. No, you can't fight it. Whereas Start again on Monday. Yeah, that's what I do yeah. all the time. And yeah. like if, if it's a, a Wednesday and I have a slice of cake, oh, that means I can eat sugar again until Sunday, you know, which is just exactly. not working. No, no, that doesn't work. Um, so we have to find a place in within our diet and that's called balance. And that's difficult because that 80-20 rule People just don't, they're either on a diet or they're, they're not on a diet. And like you said, they've had the piece of cake, so oh, sure, why not? I'll just go mad until Monday. And you know yourself that that's not, you know, really conducive to health. Um, and it makes you feel terrible because you said you feel really good when you're not taking sugar. Um, so it is really important to be mindful about, okay, so what triggers us to have it? And, you know, the party will, you know, absolutely, why can't you have that piece of cake at the party, but it, I suppose the difference is that now we're having that piece of cake or that chocolate or the sweets, you know, on a daily basis because it's propelled by, propelled by a reward system reminiscent of addiction, and that's the problem. That's what's largely contributing to the obesity epidemic. Yeah, and, I, you know, I struggle with some of the stuff I read about this because some will say that it is as addictive as a drug and then others say you can't compare them because you know it's part of our diets anyway and that it's not going to have the same impact on you as alcohol or drugs but I see it in myself that mm. you know if I have cake today I will physically crave something sweet later on if I don't mm. eat that cake that craving doesn't appear if I manage to stay off it for a few days the craving wanes and it disappears mm. but Every bit of sugar I have drives another craving, which is similar to, you know, what you hear about alcoholics and, you know, drug addicts. And I hear that all the time in the clinic. Well, I don't drink and I don't smoke. So sure, what's the harm with me having a few biscuits with my cup of tea in the evening? Or like you said, elevenses and next minute you're having something sweet. And it is hard to compare. But like you said, we know how addictive it is. And the more we have, the more we look for it because of that pleasure signal we get but also because of the neuroplasticity that occurs. There's a really good study that came out in 2019 and shows that actually your impulse control and therefore 
your ability to resist these sugary foods are affected the more we have them. So, uh, you know, I suppose educating my clients is about where the sources of sugar come from, but also what it is actually doing and, and how it's contributing to, you know, perhaps prediabetes, any metabolic condition and that, you know, especially if you're carrying a lot of uh, fat around the middle or if you're noticing that you're urinating a lot at night or you're feeling very shaky or hangry, as they call it, between meals. You know, I like to kind of look at what is missing from the diet when a lot of sugar is in the diet. And it's usually, you know, balanced meals. A lot of us are maybe going without our lunch and just having a chocolate bar and a cup of coffee to keep you going throughout the day. That impacts on our sleep. And then we know when we're tired, we're not making the best choices. So looking at the meals and making sure the meals are balanced with adequate amount of protein and fiber, and that will prevent you then looking for that sugar because it will prevent that hyper and hypoglycemia, which is when your blood sugar levels are out of balance. And even then with the best intention, when your blood sugar level is really low, as we can see in diabetic patients, then, you know, sugary drink is actually the only thing that's going to get it back up again. And we want to prevent you getting to that point. Okay. Um, Well, Sarah has been in touch, uh, a caller here. She's worried about her Coke addiction. She says she's managed to limit it to one Coke a day, but she equates that one Coke as her treat and might be the equivalent of someone else's glass of wine or cigarette. uh, And is that one Coke a day harmful? Well, it really depends, again, on the other meals and whether she's getting her plenty of fruit and vegetables in, whether she's getting enough of her protein and her good fats and all of that. And fair play to her that she's at least reduced it. So I would say start where you're at and at least if you can reduce it. I mean, overall, the World Health Organization recommends we shouldn't be having about more than 25 grams per day. So the best thing she can do is actually look at the content of sugar in that Coke and then look at where else sugar is coming from from in a day and is that exceeding the recommendations and often that Coke can and then we're left with very little options throughout the day where our natural sugar comes from which is in you know your sweetened fruit um, and other pleasures that you can get because her taste buds are now looking for that extreme sweetness of the Coke but fair play to getting to where she is now look maybe having it every other day and continually mindfully work at reducing it. Is Coke more addictive than the other fizzy drinks that are out there? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, most of the fizzy drinks are really, really high in sugar. And I suppose the diet ones are not much better because the research shows that those artificial sweeteners increase our ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone. And so that contributes to obesity as well. So if you like the bit of fizz, again, like not that all or nothing approach, start where you're at. And if you're having three a day, see, can you reduce to two? And then after a week, see if you can reduce it even further. There's caffeine in Coke as well. So if she goes cold turkey, which she hasn't done, which is great, you know, you could get a a strong detox reaction and get headaches. And that often puts people off then and they feel so rubbish that they go back to that. So it's really just to slowly reduce and start where you're at and work as, you know, over the weeks, just have um, a conscious plan to reduce your consumption. But all fizzy drinks are really the same. There are a few ones now that have come out that are naturally sweetened with, you know, a fruit concentrate and all of that. So again, looking at the sugar content at the back of the can or the bottle can be helpful to help you make an informed choice, especially if we're out and about for the day and we maybe don't have enough liquids with us. Obviously, the water would be the best choice or sparkling water. But if you like a bit of taste, Again, just look at the sugar content at the back and it should be labelled there. 
I see a lot of these uh, recipes coming up on things like Instagram and TikTok uh, of sugar-free recipes, but they're using a lot of um, sometimes coconut sugar or maple syrup as sweeteners. And another one is the, is it agave syrup? Agave, yeah. Agave, agave. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can never say Mm -hmm. that. Um, So where do they fit in? Are they all better than using your processed white sugar or do they have a downside as well? And they have a slightly higher nutritional value, but overall, I suppose sugar is sugar, you know, and particularly if, like I said, you're pre-diabetic or you've got a weight around the middle or any metabolic conditions that can make you predisposed to diabetes or family history, you know, you really want to reduce the overall amount you're having and just have your whole piece of fruit because that has the added fiber and it'll be more slow-releasing then I suppose these recipes. And it depends, of course, on how much of it you're using and then how much of it in terms of your portion. I guess if you can buy, make a batch of muffins with oats and you know fruit and it has a little bit of agave or coconut palm sugar in, well, if you can resist and just have one muffin a day, that's absolutely healthier than buying a chocolate bar at the shop, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a go-to, depending on your health concerns, you know, just natural fruit would probably be the better choice. I mean, it's really a failure in evolution, isn't it? That we're not, we don't crave Brussels sprouts, but we crave <laughs> chocolate muffins. Exactly. And you know what? They're all jumping on board that. And that's why chocolate bars and all of those, you know, they're kind of, you know, in the lab, making sure that they just hit those taste buds just perfectly. Um, and then your your body actually starts looking for that. And like I said, your taste buds change um, so the less you have, the more you'll find the sweetness and the flavor in natural foods that are, you know, from the earth, like fruit and vegetables. And the more you have, you know, it can become a, a, such an, a perpetual cycle. So we have to really, really be careful of that as well. Debbie has got in touch with us as well. She wants to know, um, can, what about sweeteners? Uh, Debbie says she has four in a coffee. And is stevia the best sweetener? She's trying to cut down on sugar, so she uses sweeteners and dilutes juices with uh, no sugar in them. Yes, so within my clinic with my pre-diabetic clients, sometimes I do use things like stevia, xylitol, erythritol. They're kind of sugar alcohol, so there'll be a healthier choice than the artificial sweeteners. But if she's having four, she's probably still looking for that sweetness. So I would look at just slowly reducing how much of that she's looking for. But absolutely, that's brilliant, fair play. Um, but just to kind of change her palate, because if she's putting four, she probably still likes quite a sweet taste. And it's really to retrain the palate so that it can find the sweetness that's naturally found in, in food as well. Would you ever recommend to anybody to, to completely avoid sugar? No, because I don't think that's realistic. And I think that can often um, lead to disordered eating with that all. I'm either on a diet or I'm either completely avoiding sugar or I'm not. I don't think that that's sustainable for anybody. I know that some people say, well, I'm, I'm just going to avoid it completely because I know I can't find that 80-20. But I would say work towards that because like you said, Gillian, you're doing really well. You're completely cut it out. And then there was the birthday party and the piece of cake. That's life. You know, we don't live in a perfect world. There will be circumstances like that where you're going to be, you know, confronted with sugar in some form or another. And it's really just about, you know, getting to a point where you say, okay, well, it's there but that I'm going to have it, or maybe it's not what I'm going to have. You know, thinking about being mindful about 
the times and what you really want and having it and enjoying every bite and parking the guilt and then getting up and saying, well, this doesn't mean now that I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. And it can be difficult, but like you were saying, even you know, a few days, it's the first few days that are really, really hard. And then after that, the, the change in how you feel now, is I'm the opposite. fantastic. I, I, yeah, I'm the opposite. The first two days are, are I find easier because they're the days I have the motivation (laughs) and I feel fantastic and then suddenly I get complacent to go yeah I can eat that (laughs) and then I'm on the slippery slope. So again just looking at your meals and making sure that they're balanced I think the biggest thing is really if we're not planning and preparing and then we're left with no alternative Mm. so you don't want to feel deprived you always want to have an alternative so instead of saying to my clients no you can't have the tea and biscuits at night you can't have anything. I say, okay, so will we try this? What about that? How does that sound? And they go, oh, brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so at least you have that. So you, when you're sitting down, you're having something and you're not feeling deprived because that's not going to work either. You know, so just finding what works for the person. It can be very individual as well for everybody. Um, but like you said, there can be a slippery slope of one Coke, two Cokes, three Cokes. Um, same with coffee, same with everything. So just being mindful. And I suppose we have to be a bit growing up about it as well and commit to you know, breaking that habit and, and finding balance so that there's space for the chocolate if right. you really want it. But it's not every day. It's not controlling your life and it's not affecting your mood and your energy as well. You've ruined it for me now, Olivia. You've told me I have to grow up. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, it's all good advice and I'll, I'll let you know how I get on. We'd love to know how the listeners yeah. are getting on. Anybody who's managed to crack their sugar addiction, let us know. 46 Call Limerick today now on 461995.